0: wonderful to see all of you th- today. Yeah. I uh I missed you guys. Thank you. <laughs> we uh I was away on a vacation and uh came back and got sick. imagine that it was crazy. But uh That's true. I wasn't sick on vacation, so that was a blessing, but uh, it's really, really good to be back with all of you today, and it's good to see you, and I welcome those who are online, uh, it's good to have you with us today, sorry about last week, as Pastor Doug said, uh, but we're glad you're back with us today, and uh, we hope that uh, you enjoy the experience, um, you know, I um, I don't have a boot now, Amen. yeah, <laughs> really excited about that, um, and it's wonderful, and uh, a lot more freedom, and it feels great, Uh got a long way to go, long way to go, I've had some people say, you know, when I'm going to play pickleball again, <laughs> that's, that's not even in my mind right now, so, but uh, yeah, it's so good. So good to, uh, to have God's healing upon this. Um, so today we're going to start into a new series uh, on discipleship. Uh, we did that as our core value today, and uh, we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about it for several weeks. And, uh, you know, we're going to start somewhere with this today that i got to be honest with you, I didn't even anticipate this. Um, actually, when I was planning this these series of sermons Uh, I didn't plan on starting here, but (sighs) praise the Lord, you know, it's really good and important and necessary to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, right, and so uh, the Spirit of God led me in kind of a different direction and gave me uh, something that I really didn't expect to share with you uh, starting out, but uh, we're going to start in the beginning with, with, uh, with this topic. And you say, you know, in the beginning, you you just mean that we're going to talk about, like, Jesus and the Great Commission and how he commissioned his disciples before he ascended to heaven. And, um, no, that would be a good place to start. Uh, But we're starting further back than that. We're going back to Genesis 1-1, okay? I mean, in the beginning, all right? (laughs) In the beginning. So we're going to take a look at that, uh, Genesis 1-1. And uh, you guys, many of you probably know this verse, you could probably say it, you know, off the top of your head. Uh, but um, just to kind of say it together, um, actually, why don't we say it together, all right? Let's, let's read this together. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's a great, great way to start, right? Great way to start. Um, always a good place to start there. Um, so right away, right away, we see something that is important, and that is that God created everything. God created everything, okay? And, and you say, well, God created everything then, but what about now? Well, God created the pew you're sitting in. And, and I don't mean that he formed it and fashioned it and bolted it together and stained it and put the padding. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about he created the raw material that makes up the pew that you're sitting in. You with me? I mean, without him creating the the raw material, we have nothing. We have nothing. We, whatever we have, even if it's um, even if it's that cell phone, he said. That's technology. (laughs) But even that cell phone, God created that because, again, without the raw material God created, we wouldn't have anything. You following me? You guys with me? This thing, is this thing moving? Like I do this and then it seems like it like, every time I come back to it, it's like moving forward. Yeah, maybe. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was just worried that I was going to wander away and I was going to come back and it was going to be shooting down to the floor there. So God didn't need any raw material to create everything. And, and, and what, we, what we understand is that there was nothing and he spoke and then there was everything. <laughs> okay. There was absolutely nothing, and then he spoke everything into existence. And that, that is a, a really big deal. A, a mere word. With a mere word, God made everything. And, and this is important. He made everything in the sense of uh, the physical realm. He made everything in the sense of the emotional realm. And everything in the sense of the spiritual realm. And so when we say that he made everything... He made everything. That thought that you just thought, you, you were able to think that because God created thoughts. <laughs> that, that emotion that you've experienced in the past 24 hours, you were able to experience that emotion because God created emotion. I, I don't think that we take this far enough when we think about how God created everything. He created everything, and so uh, the the reason that this is important is if if he made everything that we can possibly think of, and he did, that puts him in charge. <laughs> he's he's in charge. That means God gets to call the shots. He gets to define us. He gets to uh, define our purpose. He gets to direct our paths because he made us. He is our creator. And so when you think about that, he knows better than any person why we're here, why we exist, including ourselves. In- including ourselves. He knows better why we're here, why we exist. And, and, I, and I think this is very important because he knows our purpose, he knows our reason. And if anyone contradicts uh, what God says about why we're here, they're wrong. (laughs) Now, that might not be a popular opinion, especially in the day and time that we live in. That might not be like something that people like to to think about or grasp a hold of and and, uh, believe for themselves. But it is the truth. I believe it with all my heart that if anybody contradicts what God says of why we're here, They're wrong because God knows why we're here. He created us to be here for a certain reason, a certain purpose. Now, that's really important. As we slide down into some of the latter verses, uh, we read some enlightening words. And and these are verses uh, in the same chapter Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, and we're going to read through 31. But uh, these verses uh, kind of give us something else to think about. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. God also said, Look, I have given you every seed bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth, and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This will be food for you. For all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, and for every creature that crawls on the earth, everything having the breath of life in it. I have given every green plant for food, and so it was. God saw all that He had made, and it was very good indeed. Evening came, and then morning, the sixth day. So when we read those verses, it, it, um, we read that that we were created in the image of God. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that we look like Him. I mean, I think that's probably the natural thing. When, when we think about being in the image of someone or something, we think, oh, that means we look like whoever. But it, this doesn't necessarily mean that we look like God in the sense of our physical being. Uh, better understanding of this, uh, we are image bearers of God's, uh, God's nature. We're image bearers of God's nature. And so it's better understood that we mirror, that we mirror God's spiritual nature. And we're image bearers because we have this, this living soul within us. Right? We are bearing God's image because he has breathed us in, into us his living soul. And that is really fantastic. I, I don't know if you realize how fantastic that is i don't know if you realize that because you guys haven't like told me okay all right all right so verse 26 gives us a nod to the trinity uh... as it says that god said let us make man in our image in our likeness and so it gives us a nod to the trinity god was speaking in plural pronouns referring to himself as one, but at the same time, more than one. You see that? Now, this indicates the triune God, and we reflect, we reflect that idea of the Trinity in the sense that we are one person, but in our personhood, we are actually a, a body, a conscience, and a spirit. So, even in uh, our personhood, we are reflecting this or mirroring the image of God. Now, not in the same sense that God is a, a triune God, but but he built into uh, creation a lot of things that kind of give us this idea of of uh, one in three. You know, and I've heard it described in several ways. I, I've heard somebody take an apple and they, and they use an apple and they say this apple has... Uh, skin and and uh, and flesh and seeds, you know, but it's still just all an apple, right? I've heard people say, "Well, you take water and you freeze it, and it's solid. Uh, it, it's also in a liquid form, and you can also it be in a mist form, but it's all it's all it's water, right? And so we see in creation that God kind of like helps us to understand how this one and three thing works." But what is the greatest thing is that he did that within us. He created us in his image, in his likeness. And so humanity is the only creation in this universe that reflects God's eternal image. Now that's really important. That's very important for us. And it's it's great. I, I hope you see how great that is. And I want you to know how great it is, and I want to help you to understand that by just giving you some thoughts here. God has this this great value that he's placed on you. He he created you. He's given you purpose. He's given you um, a unique personality. And you say, well, you know, do I have a unique personality? You know, you say, well, I'm an introvert, and I know other introverts, but you realize that all introverts are not created equal. <laughs> all extroverts are not created equal. And we all have a very unique personality. God has placed that within us. He's made us all very unique, even in the sense of our personality. He, is, uh, he has gifted you specifically. So you have certain gifts that other people don't have. You certainly have gifts that other people do have, but with your personality and with your giftedness, that makes you very unique, very unique in, in how you are to live out your purpose in life, that God-given purpose. Uh, he's given you reason, reason for living, reason for, for uh, getting up every morning. And some people, you know, they struggle to do that, right? Have you ever struggled to get up in the morning? I'm going to ask you a more personal question. You don't have to raise your hand. But think about this. Have you ever struggled to get up in the morning because you just didn't realize why you're here? That's, that's, that's a more personal thing, isn't it? And certainly, certainly many of us have gone through that. Why, why even get up? Why am I here? What am I here for? God has given you reason. He's given you reason. Okay? And, and he's pulled out, this, folks, this is, this is probably one of the most important things that I, could, that I could tell you this morning. He has pulled out all the stops in the world to have a relationship with you. He has pulled out all the stops in the world to have a relationship with you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares about you. That's how much you matter. That's how much he values you. He has done everything that he had to do, and he hasn't held anything back so that he could be in relationship with you. Make it personal. I, he gave everything of himself to restore his relationship with you so that he could be with you now and forever. So your value, your value is tied to the creator of the universe giving his all to be with you. Your value is tied to that. And that is fantastic. That's amazing when you think about it. When you stop and think about it. The creator of everything, okay, we just talked about it. Without him, nothing exists. We don't exist. The stage doesn't exist. The floor doesn't exist. The ground, the, the trees, uh, the wood that we're going to use today to make beds, none of that exists. The creator of everything pulled out all the stops and gave everything of himself so that he could be with you. So that you could be with him. To be in a relationship, a close relationship that is great value. If you have never felt wanted or cared for by anybody, you can know this. The creator of everything cares enough about you to pull out all the stops so that you can be with him forever. That's fantastic. Now, um, I, 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 don't know, I don't know if you can, but I wish all of you could look in the mirror And not see every detail to criticize. You you hearing me? You listening to me? Look in the mirror and not see every detail to criticize. But to allow how much God values values you to settle in and convince you that you matter. And your worth is infinitely greater than you could ever imagine. I say that because many times, many times people look in the mirror and all they do is they look in that mirror and they think, oh, I wish I were this or I wish I were that. And they look at all the little details. Why do I have that wrinkle? <laughs> why, is, why is my hair receding? Why is that pimple on my face? Did it have to be on my nose? <laughs> and I just, I just wish that, that all of us could just look in the mirror and see the infinite value and worth that the creator of the universe sees in us. It's, it's life-changing. It is. It's life-changing. Because it helps us to get up out of bed and have reason. <laughs> and some people struggle with their value, and, and, I, and I understand that. I get that. I, I have. I have. And sometimes it's hard to see our own worth. And it's, and it's hard to see our own worth because culture has taught us to measure our worth by certain things. Right? Let me let me just talk about a few of those things very quickly. Culture's taught us to measure our worth by our looks. Right? How do we look? If if we're not a certain weight or shape, <laughs> then we're not right. You know, we're 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 failing. We're We're falling short, you know, and I could go on and on with that, but you know what I mean. Culture says we have to look a certain way, and so we spend thousands of dollars trying to look certain ways, right? Uh, Culture tells us that uh, if our intelligence level isn't a certain point, that we're not as valuable. And so, you know, if you don't have an IQ of this or that, then you're not as valuable. Culture tells us that. Now, this isn't to say, for those of you who are in school, uh, whether it be high school, college, junior high, college, any of that. This isn't to say that we shouldn't apply ourselves and study and do our best and all of that. We should do all that. That's important. Apply yourself. The scripture that Susan read this morning talked about that. Do everything as unto the Lord. And that, that covers going to school and putting your heart into your studies and things like that. But listen. Don't put your value in your intelligence. Don't put your value in your GPA or your, or your IQ score. Because that's not where your value is. I'm not going to spend as much time on all these, but our talents, our job, uh, our athletic abilities, our sexual appeal, our social status, our possessions, our bank accounts... Am I covering everything? These are the things that culture says you have to measure up in these areas. And what's interesting is someone who will be like extremely intelligent, like, like there will be a person that you, you put a, a mathematical equation in front of them that's a page long and they could just and figure it all out without a Texas Instruments. You know? And, and, or maybe they have a, a, just a, a, a wonderful knowledge and wealth of knowledge about history. And they can tell you what happened in Prussia in the late 1800s off the top of their head. You know, they could like go into all kinds of history and tell you about what happened in history at this time and this point. They could quote people, they could quote presidents, they could quote dictators, they could quote all they could like give you all kinds of historical facts and dates and all kinds of things like that. And they're just so intelligent. They're just a wealth of intelligence. But that person, that person may be a person that looks in the mirror, and they don't care how intelligent they are. They don't look the way they want to look, and so they don't value themselves, and they have a hard time functioning because they just they don't measure up in their eyes. You see what I'm saying? So all of these areas, or or maybe maybe one of these areas, but all of these areas can be something that, you know, a person excels in this and this and this, but they don't get it here. And because they don't get it here, they're all of a sudden kicking themselves. So if we don't measure up to some subjective idea in one of these areas or all of these areas... To someone that we think matters, we believe our value is diminished. But your value isn't tied to such things. Your value is not tied to such things. Your value is tied to how much God thinks of you. And right from the beginning in Genesis, right from the start, right from the very beginning, we see it. He created us in his image and his likeness. He created us like him. <laughs> and so with a soul he created us with a soul that lasts forever to be with him always, it was almost like it was almost like God the Father looked at God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, and he said, "You know what? Let's make him just like us. Let's make them just like us, so that. They can be with us forever. I just, got, I just got a cold chill when I said that. I did. Because that's a big deal, folks. That is a huge deal. If God looked at the the triuneness of him, of his Godhead, and said, let's make them like us so that we can be with them forever, that means he values us so much, so great. Are you getting this? I hope so. I hope so. Here's another important thing in the matter, and it's found in Genesis 2-7. Genesis 2-7, it says, Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. Now, this this combination is astounding, really. Adam was one and the same time a piece of dirt. Okay? One at the same time a piece of dirt. And the bearer of God's image. <laughs> he was one at the same time, a piece of dirt and the bearer of God's own breath. <laughs> now, now, this should keep us from thinking too highly of ourselves. <laughs> because that's, that can be a problem too, right? <laughs> that can be a problem too when we get to thinking too highly of ourselves. We get too full of ourselves. We get what, what we call conceited. And just think of ourselves, you know, too highly, and, and we we need to be humble people. But sometimes we do think of ourselves too highly. Uh, this helps us to not do that because we're just dirt, right? This, this 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 shell of ours is just just dirt. It's dust. It's dust. And so this helps us to not think too highly of ourselves, but. Because we understand that God breathed his own breath into us for us to become a living, breathing uh, being, but also a living, breathing soul that would last forever, we realize that in God's eyes we have this great value. And although that we're, we're nothing but dust, we're made out of the most mundane material imaginable, right, but God infused his spirit into us, which gives us Unimaginable value and worth. He made Adam out of dust, but he loved Adam so much that God breathed His own breath into him. Now, here's what's important to understand going forward, and I think this is this is really important for us. You say, "How does this all relate to uh, discipleship?" Because you just told us at the beginning that this is a series that starts discipleship, and none of this has sounded like discipleship. Ah, uh, but it has. You cannot really be the disciple that God wants you to be until you see your value in him. You cannot be uh, the disciple that, that the Lord wants you to be until you have realized what he has done to have a relationship with you. And so why would I... As a disciple, as a disciple of Jesus, why would I call other people into discipleship if I don't realize first how much that means to be in a relationship with God? Well, it starts right here. It starts right here. None of this can be realized, and and I'm talking about Uh, Your great worth, your great value, your great purpose, your great reason, none of this can be explained, none of this can be attained without a relationship with God. Okay? You're not going to realize the, the value that you have in the Lord without a relationship with the Lord. That's where it begins. That's where it starts. That's where it has to start. Okay? So, When you begin to look further, and we're not going to do this today, but when you begin to look further into Genesis and you get into chapter 3, we see Adam and Eve have sinned and they are hiding from God, right? They're they're hiding from him. Uh, They've realized their nakedness and so they're covering, they're hiding, they're uh, ashamed. That Now all of a sudden they have fear and shame and all the things that they weren't supposed to have. Right? And this leads us to believe that, that as they were hiding from God because they heard God walking in the garden, okay? Go to chapter 3 and read it. It, 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 it signifies, it helps us to see and, and believe that um, God would walk through the garden and interact with Adam and Eve. That he loved that relationship with them. That he loved to be with them. He created them, and he loved to be with them. And so it it indicates as he was walking through the garden is that he was walking through the garden to to see his creation, to interact with his creation, to love his creation, to care for his creation. And so he's there in the garden. He's ready for all that. But Adam and Eve are hiding because sin had severed the relationship that Adam and Eve had with the creator. Sin had caused fear to fill their hearts and minds. Sin caused Adam and Eve to lose their sense of their value and lose their sense of their worth. And that's what sin does. Sin like deceives us, it masks us, it it blinds us to things, it blinds us to the truth. And sin had caused them to be blinded to the facts, blinded to the fact that The Lord wanted to be in a relationship with them. Now they were just afraid. Now they were just scared. Now they looked at themselves in shame and fear. (laughs) And so because of disobedience to God, they lost sight of their value and their purpose, and their relationship was broken. So, so, So here's the main reason for this message today. Discipleship can only begin in a restored relationship with the Lord. That's the only way it can begin, okay? A relationship that will help you to realize your value, that will help you to realize your purpose, that will give you reason for waking up in the morning. And when we enter this relationship and we begin to see it, it's the greatest thing that we can realize in this life. <laughs> it's the greatest thing we can realize in this life. So you're going through life and, and, and you're dealing with the, all of what life throws at us. And life, life we've talked about before, life's hard. Life's difficult. But when you have that eternal perspective, that, that sense of why you're here, why you're created, that the Lord loves you that much to be in a relationship with you. He, he desires to, to be with you forever, now and forever. Wow. It's like, okay, now I get it. Now I get it. Now we can do this. <laughs> now we can do this. Let's do this, right? I'm a disciple of his. Yes. And I want to help other people. Understand that as well. Are you excited about helping other people know that as well? If you don't have that, you won't be a disciple. (laughs) Right? And you won't, certainly won't be a maker of disciples. Right? Right? Ask you to stand with me I'm to pray. Um, I don't do this. I don't remember to do this often enough. But if you want to come and pray and, and um, just pray on your own, uh, you don't really need anybody to come pray with you. Uh, come to the altar on my on my left. Your right. Uh, if you want someone to come and pray with you, um, just want somebody to lift you up in prayer. Come to the altar on, on my right, your left. Um, but you know, now is the time that you know, maybe you've been struggling with some of this. Maybe you've been dealing with some of this, and 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 uh, you know, I, I think I think the honest truth is that all of us deal with this to some degree at some point or another. You know, where's our value? What are we here for? What's our purpose? maybe you're dealing with it to a really great degree and you've been really struggling with it or maybe you know just just you've had questions well now's a great time to pray about it you know the the lord gave this message i honestly i wouldn't have started here the lord gave this message and so maybe maybe he wanted you to hear it whoever you are I know when I was preparing it, he wanted me to hear it. So let me pray with you, and the altars are open if you want to come and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we, uh, as we bow before you in this moment, uh, we are just, uh, we're just so grateful, Lord, for the value that we see in ourselves through you. Lord, to thank how much you love us and how much you care about us. And how, Lord, you, you created us in your image. Wow. You know, it's, it's just so amazing, Lord. I, that makes me think of when my kids were born. When my kids were born and, and, and I got to hold them. I thought, this, this is flesh of my flesh. This is bone of my bone. I looked at that little one and I thought, wow. This, this, is, this is of me. And you know that was just uh, the earthly father feeling. Lord, you you created us in your image, and I and I imagine it was just like that. You you created us, and you you look at us and you say, "This is this is who I want to be with forever. This is the one that I want to walk in the garden with. This is the one that I want to walk." every day with through life whether it's in school or whether it's in uh, college or or at a job or at home being a mom or at home being a dad you look at us that way and you want to you want to be in this, this this close relationship with us so much Lord, I just want to pray that, that people will be able to Embrace that today and and understand, Lord, just how we look in your eyes. And we'll stop looking at ourselves with a critical spirit. And we'll start looking at ourselves through your eyes. And we will see our purpose and we will see our reason. And it will throw our hearts to be one of yours and to help others know how to be one of yours. We love you, God. Thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name.